The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axis. Peace and blessings, family. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say some, say some, say something. That's right. When we get together and talk about everything in the traffic, in the life, in the world, in the universe, and especially in these streets. In these streets. Shoot in these streets. <laughs> we'll be dropping 2018. Man, we coming with the fire for all my all my fans that want to hear the LP. That's Holla. it. Bringing you episode number 38. Going hard in the paint with 38. You ain't got one for I do. Man. And I got one special for 38. There's, there's a special meaning to this point. Hitting you with that Max Strong. Wow. Yeah, now, if you, if Max Strong was man. the the man at fullback yes, for the for the for the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. he sure and was. a lot of people don't know who Max Strong is, but they remember Sean Alexander mm-hmm. when he set the season record for most touchdowns. Max Strong was doing a lot of blocking, back and then. that's and and when Max Strong retired because he had having neck issues, the very next season after he retired. Sean Alexander didn't do, <laughs> do nothing. Yeah. He got hurt that next season, then ended up in Washington before the season's career was over. Yeah, so sure Max Strong was an unsung hero. Yeah, he got that MVP and everything. Yeah, Let's so so it's a little moment for Max Strong. I don't know where he at right now, but probably yeah. uh, waiting for his check for uh, the NFL for all them concussions. Yeah, he was he was a smart one. He got out the game while you know he was like, mm, ain't mm-hmm. worth it. No doubt. <laughs> Speaking of which, the NFL season went back. Yeah, all them boycotters out there. Ah, I I put out a, <laughs> I put out a YouTube. I don't know if you checked it out yet. That's it was boycotter build, and because a lot of folks was asking me, you know, be what you think, and I was going through it. The funny thing about it, I injured my leg. Right, I, I figured out that I can no longer be um, Carl Lewis. Okay, you know, I'm playing with them kids. Ah, oh, bro, playing myself. <laughs> So I, I pulled my hamstring, so I was out for the count for the weekend. But the funny thing about it was I sat home all day. Just I relaxed. Sunday I was like, yo, I'm not doing nothing. My legs all bent out of shape. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I'm a ice up. Ben gave me out. I felt like a real old guy. But I said, I'm going to watch Walking Dead. It was a Walking Dead marathon. Oh, yeah, because they're getting ready to come back yeah, next month. Yeah, it's going to so. come back next month. And I just watched, I got, got, got caught up, and I didn't worry and wasn't bothered by the football. But it wasn't because of me boycotting. I just, I'm not enthused. We talked about yeah, it before, yeah, yeah, just yeah. not enthused about it. But, again, I will reiterate, as I said on my boycott or build, what are we gaining and what are we building from a boycott? Like, what is the end result? That's all I have to say. Because, yes, strategically, I see... That there could be some benefits, right? Yeah. But reality is this. We really dropped the ball back when Donald Sterling did his thing. Yeah. And the NBA players. Had a great opportunity. Great. The best opportunity I think that we've ever had in the longest time of opportunities. And it was to give some input and background on what it is. Donald Sterling, of course, was the owner of the Clippers. He said some crazy things to his girlfriend. It went um, viral the eve of their playoff 
game with the Warriors who was at then coached by Mark Jackson and the Warriors aren't the Warriors who they were now actually it was the Clippers who were supposed to be what the Warriors yeah, are yeah. and instead of the Clippers sitting down which if they had the Warriors would have followed suit because Mark Jackson was like you know we're going to follow your pursuit brother whatever y'all want to do we with it they decided to get their practice jerseys or whatever their warm ups and turn them Inside, inside out, out or yeah. whatever craziness. But at the end of the day, um, the remarks that Donald Sterling made were remarks to where if you went to your job and your boss said that, you would have not been fired, fined, or suspended for walking out. My particular um, case on what follows after that is every time we have the opportunity to really make a stand... We don't do it. So, unfortunately, with Colin Kaepernick, it's kind of the aftermath of things that we didn't do, taking precautions to now what is this boycotting thing. Yeah. You can do what you want to do. I understand it. But I'm not going to go be a um, vigilante to those who decide to watch football. Because, to be honest with you, it is what it is. Until we build our own infrastructures, until those folks who are saying they're boycotting are actually building or or doing things that are proactive to help build up our community, to help make sure that these things don't continue to happen, I just look at it as kind of a... a, a, It's a nice gesture. Yeah, yeah, it's an end to to, to no means because... Reality is, folks are still addicted to this sport, addicted to white supremacy. Yeah, we had a, a lot of folks I know who were talking about boycott and stuff. And, and I, I said, I'm not watching this season. We talked about that before. I, and I'm not one of those, um, I'm not watching till Kaepernick gets a job. Yeah. I'm one of those, because of all the incidents going on around the NFL, I was over the NFL before game one. Yeah. Like just, I mean, a bunch of just the way that. So much has been the Ezekiel Elliott stuff, the Kaepernick stuff. Just I, I'm the, the dudes they're dusting off to come out and speak for them. I'm just I'm just cool on the season. Yeah. So I didn't watch any football this this weekend, and uh, really I rested because I you know was a little active on Saturday. So I Sunday was my. Hopefully you wasn't as active as me. Nah, well, uh, bike ride. Well, see, I already got a bad leg, okay. so uh, I have to do some some work. So I was doing some uh, bike road work stuff to help get the knee strong and all that stuff. So Sunday was a was a chill day for me. I didn't have anything to be nowhere to be Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, so I beat on my couch and I took a lot of naps mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't watch any football and I didn't miss anything. Now they said ratings wise that there was a dip, but then a lot How of much that of a dip. Uh, it was. Across the board, I mean, it was in the millions, but the, the issue was is that it also coincided with Hurricane Irma. Yeah. So they said that there was a, a dip in, in, in ratings for football, but the Weather Channel went from like 350,000 viewers to 3 million viewers yeah. of people checking on yeah, you know on their families and stuff. So you can make the argument yeah. that maybe there was a dent in viewership, but because of everything else going on in the world, People kind of had, you know, if your family lived in the Florida region, mm-hmm. uh, that or took even, precedent. Or even, or even Houston. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're still backlashing off of Houston. And then, you know, with, with Irma coming through and they weren't sure how far it was going to hit and through all the islands and stuff. There's just a lot of people had a lot of other focuses. So, for football. So, who knows what the actual repercussions of that boycott will be viewership-wise. And, again, let me reiterate, going back to the point of boycotting. 
I say this before and I will say this again. You think that the fair weather fan, the loyalists, the people that are very in tune, are diehard NFLers, you honestly believe that we're going to really make that, that wedge? I understand that there's some points of how it will kind of maybe make the NFL owners or the NFL overall look at what how they're handling things, but the real impact comes from the players. If the players don't sit there and do the boycotting, if the players don't show up to the games, if the players say, I just ain't playing until Kaepernick yeah. comes back, really what we do is just um, – Kind of say, yeah, we're shutting off our TV. They're going to find a few other fans somewhere. So I yeah, really well, believe players have to stand up on that that part. Yes and no. So I, I think the only difference I do, if you're going to say I'm boycotting the NFL, so I'm not going to watch the game, you, you have to go big picture. So you have to say, who are all the advertised and paid sponsors during an NFL game? So you find out there's uh, maybe Budweiser, maybe there's uh, Target, maybe there's whatever. Everybody who's a paid advertiser for the NFL is who you need to boycott. Well, then that means some people ain't going to be driving their cars. That means some people ain't going to be which drinking is why I'm their favorite drink. Which is what I'm saying. So, if you, if, so for, for the big picture, if you're saying, I'm not going to watch this game. Okay, so the Nielsen ratings go down a little bit. Maybe they take a, a small dip. That doesn't change the grand scheme of things. So if you're saying, I'm not messing with this program. And because of this program and everybody who supports this program, I'm not supporting anything touching this program. That's when you see that's an actual boycott. That's when you actually see dollars shifting and policy changes. Just refusing to turn off your TV because most people don't even know how Nielsen ratings work. They don't count every TV. It's so each TV of those Nielsen boxes that they check represent a certain number of TV. Mm -hmm. So you watching or not watching may be irrelevant. Yeah, it's like the consensus. Yeah, so so you 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 choose turn your TV off or on may actually have no bearing whatsoever. But if you're saying I'm not messing with Toyota, I'm not messing with Pepsi, I'm not messing with Target, I'm not messing with Bud Light, I'm not messing with everybody who runs an ad during the football game. That's if on that level with enough people behind it, you start seeing shifts and change that way. I I, I agree with that, but I still will say it's on the players. Yeah, I'm saying for what people can do. Yeah. So so of course that's why I said not the those aren't separate arguments. It's like. Uh, in conjunction with yeah i know so, but, but i think that, well, i mean for the people so, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the people but I, I but again for the people that's when i go to boycott or build we spend so much time trying to cut off the hand that feeds us and don't have the hand to feed us if yeah. you understand what i'm saying yeah right it's just all right What's the alternative? I'm not going here, well, where, but where I have nowhere to go. Yeah, Let's go into our own community here in Sacramento. I'm hungry as shit right now, bro. I want to have a black-owned restaurant open around 12 o'clock just to go and maybe get a late-night snack. Can we go there? Nope. No, but we can for sure can find, find Mexican spots. Mexican spots. We can show find out some Asian spots, and I'm sure that there's an Indian spot somewhere around here yeah. that's open. To me, the point of what we always focus is on, all right, it's almost like um, the, the, the girlfriend that's mad at you. You know what I mean? Okay, you know, she she's tripped out again and you know, we're going to try to, you know, 
you know, bring her flowers, and you know, we're going to try to do all these small different things to to hopefully make sure that she's not upset, right? Yeah. But it never changes. She's still going to be upset for whatever reason, right? Yeah, bringing we, her flowers, but if you don't stop lying to her, if you don't fix the problem. Let's yeah. fix the issue, right? Yeah, bringing her flowers. Why are be we like, constantly okay. <laughs> getting her upset, right? Yeah. So what we have to do is focus on understanding they do not give two dams because the Colin Kaepernick thing did one thing for us. If it didn't do anything else, it let us know that Negro, guess what? You are an athlete and that's all you are. And that's all you ever will be. If you decide that you want to step outside of that, we'll let you be a rapist. We'll let you have a DUI. We'll let you abuse your spouse. Kill somebody. We'll let you do all that. Yeah. But once you start messing with this system of patriotism and um, this system and belief that this flag is the centerpiece for opportunity, once you start standing up against this oppressive system, we will shut your ass down. So seeing that and understanding that should let Negroes know, again, I will use this example. It's very clear. I say it all the time. If you are in a household, man, woman, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, and wife, do you want to have one car or do you want to have two cars? Yeah, two. Why would you want to have two cars? Options. What Besides yeah. options? Well, I'm saying... You, no, no, you, besides options, what else? It's for accessibility, availability. You you each can use, have a car if you need it. Like, uh, if one get mad, you can still drive yours. All exactly. Those things. Like just, All of those things, yeah. right? You do not want to put yourself in a position to where you are in dire straits in need to where you have to beg that person. Like, yeah. can I, hey, use your car? Or, you know, it's... Or even if it's our, I... Have I got your own shit. Yeah, like, I, even if it's... Just that. in case. So I feel like what we get stuck in, in this this position, this this inferior position, I feel a lot of us, black America, I will say... That we have no options. We have to take every time a bank does something wrong, every time a store does something wrong, every time a sport or those people in the sport, every time a elected politician does something wrong, we have to take it because we have no ends to a means because we don't have our own shit. Which is why I wanted to preface this, this show giving shout out to Max Strong. So why this ties in. So Max Strong was the dude, played the fullback position. Fullback is the dude when the quarterback hikes the ball, he the one that hits the line first. He's the one that absorbs the defensive tackle. He's the one that that linebacker who shoots the gap slams right into. That's that line of defense for the dude that's coming behind him. Colin Kaepernick, though, he's a quarterback in, for a professional quarterback. He's playing fullback when it comes to the struggle. Like, he's the one that jumped out there, said, I'm willing to take the hit. I'm the one that's willing mm -hmm. to, to, to fly out there and make first contact. And I'm the one that's going to get, get the brunt of this, though Sean Alexander's going to get the glory. The dude who comes back is the guy who's going to get the MVP and the guy who's going to get all the accolades and the cheers. I'm going to be the one that jumps out and takes this hit. Because well, there's not enough of us. Too many trying to be Sean, not enough trying to be Mac. Yes, sir. So one uh, in particular story that's come out this week about somebody take, getting in touch with their inner Mac 
is uh, ESPN journalist Jameel Hill. So uh, <laughs> I that just shows you how far of not being in a sports radar I am. I'm, I'm, I'm let's let's hear this story. Okay, so Jameel does does uh, she her, she now doing Sports Center with the other brother uh, Michael. Yeah, uh, and so um, both from his and hers. Yes, yes, yes. So she just recently came out where she was addressing uh, number forty five, oh oh Donnie J Trump, aka you know dope forty five. Uh, so she gave a, a tweet and I want to make sure I don't misquote her because this has been the jump off to a lot of backlash about somebody standing up about how things are now. So this is Jameel Hill. Her, 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 her tweet was Trump is the most ignorant, offensive president of my lifetime. His rise is a direct result of white supremacy, period. Mm-hmm. So that right there was was her statement. I've yet to find the person who can find the faults in her statement yeah. like where the lie is at but now she getting her max strong on she come to fullback she coming out the back taking the hit there are there is a a storm of folks who are, who are saying that she needs to be fired about saying that uh espn needs to drop the hammer on her they're they're getting ready to wage protests and there are a lot of white americans who are looking to boycott the network mm-hmm. because they don't like the fact that for what she said so let me let me get this straight so they're ready to boycott the network yet and still the network about what a month ago had a slave auction mm-hmm. same a, network same network had a slave auction and they just issued an apology and life goes on yes and so ESPN standpoint was uh, we don't condone the 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 viewpoints of Jamil Hill uh, and they've yet to decide how far they're going to go, if at all, punishment-wise. But this is somebody who's come out who was sitting there saying, because like I said, she's saying that he's the most ignorant. Now, the ignorant part, you can you can go back and forth. You can you can make a somewhat argument I on, mean, George on the Bush ignorant Jr. part. I mean, George Bush Jr. is definitely yeah, I mean, you can be, but the, a the, very close first or second. But the, 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 the part that was really stuck, the offensive part was still kind of like, okay, I can see it. But his rise as a direct result of white supremacy is the line that got people in their feelings. And so what people have now been starting, Colin Kaepernick came out, he addressed it. He said, I stand with Jameel Hill. Uh, you're starting to find athletes and other commentators, Carrie Champion, a bunch of other ESPN, other journalists who are starting to stand by, you know, they're, they're standing by their girl. As they should. What I would like to see, though, is how many of these high profile dudes how many of these active nah, guys? No, no, no I, I, I'm saying I, I'm, I, no, I'm saying I'd like to see it. I'd like to see where are we at because we've become now a culture of folks who ain't nobody trying to be Mac, ain't nobody trying to hit that line, ain't nobody trying to you, to be the one that comes out and 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 says something inflammatory or even by sheer virtue stand up for your girl. Jamil Hill's got a strong record yeah. of, of of standing She's on solid. being on the right side She's of history. Solid. I stand with her on that comment. Yeah, so. Where where are we at, and where are the folks at who should be saying something in her defense? I I don't. You say where are we at, and I laugh at as a that. culture. Like now, where are we at as a culture is exactly I think where we started off the show. We are on the side of daddy daycare. We're on the side of white supremacy because at the end of the day, they are the system that enables us to live. They are the system that feeds. They are the system that generates um, 
the monies for us to be able to have some of these lavish lifestyles because we've decided to take all our talents, all our culture, and everything we have to integrate to feel that we were going to get something from that integration where it created a greater separation. As I stated before, you had a racist owner that one, a lot of the Clippers knew was racist, but finally was exposed and all these Negroes had to do. I've said it time and time again. All these Negroes had to do and nobody would have really been too offended. Of course, there would have been some backlash, but you would have understood because that's like you going to your job and your boss calling you the N word like several different times and you just stay. Right. Yeah. You could have put such a big punch in the world of white supremacy and at the same time create such a movement that the ownership in every sport would have conducted themselves a lot different. But when every time Jamel Hill sells yeah. a comment like this and you have um, Jason Whitlock Negroes that will um, create another comment that you shake in your head is like, what did he just say? Do yeah. some cool shit. Every time we have the timing of like, all right, how are we going to stand? We always stand to the left and we're not prepared. So you say you want to see where we're at. We are right exactly where they want us to be at because Negroes are paid too much of a top dollar to sit there and move forward and say, I'm going to stand with my people. And the funny thing about it, whether it's wrong or right, and when you hear statements like that and people are throwing back uh, 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 an argument from what Jamil Hill said about Donald Trump, is she lying? That's what I'm saying. Is she, I mean, is, she, is yeah. she telling the truth? So who's mad about that? Well, I mean, what's the last thing that this Donald Trump guy just did with the um, the immigrants? Yeah, eight hundred thousand immigrants could be gone. At least, yeah, those are the children. So the reason why I I I, I prefaced it with that is like, well, where are we as a culture? Because that's when we're starting to dress million dollar athletes. We're kissing ass. Well, uh, well so see, we're, we're talking about standing the, in line. So so we're gonna talk about a group where the money's not a factor. That's why I was asking. So if we're looking at where we are as a culture, these are million dollar athletes who were sitting there saying, uh, I'm not rocking the boat or affecting my check or getting out of the good graces of those who sign my checks. So now when we scale back to the people who that's not the case, we're not talking about millionaires. That's why I say as a culture, we have become or, or have we solely become a culture of people who don't stand up don't or stand speak up. up when it's right, because nah. this is. So this is what's going into the, that that this story out of Chicago, and, and it's a horrific story involving yeah, a young lady. But this is what they yeah, tie together. Yeah. Okay. But let's let's real quick with Jamel Hill, and I yeah. just want to well, yeah. that real quick with you, right? Let me ask you this. Okay. If I was paying you two million dollars, right? Yeah. To be my butler, right? Okay. And every night, I'm sneaking in little girls. Okay. Are you going to say anything? Are you going to get out of line? Yes. You, right? Yeah, because my because I would, what? I would be under the belief of if I'm getting two million from you to be your butler, I'm a two million dollar butler. So I don't you're not the only way. A, I've made two million dollars. So there's things I can do with my money. B, that's what the market is saying I'm worth. So I can get that somewhere else. 
uh, see, it's just flat out wrong. And that's not something I'm a co-sign or condone. Let's say let's say there was no other market for butlers, but the 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 the, the market of Virginia. Yeah. In so, a small city. A so small so if it's the case to where if I'm not doing this for two million dollars, I'm making 40 grand a year at the Walmart. Like if it's if it's such a huge jump, I'm still saying something because I can't. To me, me means more than money. So you're saying you have integrity. I mean more than money. Yeah, that, that wouldn't sit well with me to where you couldn't cash me out for my peace of mind and personal sanity. Mm-hmm. Like if I know little girls are being hurt, violated, whatever, on my watch, and the justification is I'm getting a check, mm-hmm. money doesn't have that high enough value with me. That that would that they would overlap one another. And I know the example is probably extreme to some folks, and they listen like, "Well, damn, you know that that's kind of morally uh, not right." But this is the reality. Yeah. And I think the reality is with you saying individually, you have integrity. Yeah. That you cannot be bought for a buck. That yo, I'll go ahead and take my talents to a forty thousand dollar, thirty thousand dollar. I'll figure uh, something out. Yeah. You know. Income having job compared to the two million Negroes aren't thinking like that, bro. One of the worst things I've said that ever happened to the black Negro is the Negro when the when the Negro got millions of dollars in his hand. The difference between Should've never gave you Negroes yeah, money. Listen, the difference between where we were then and to where we were now, there was like say three hundred and forty of us, right? 300 of us were being oppressed, being abused, being disrespected, being spit on, being shitted on and kicked on. We're 40 because we've always had black people in, in regardless of what time it was, whether it was being enslaved, whether it was civil rights. There were some Negroes doing better than others, right? There's always a Stephen from Django. There's always somebody in a slightly better position. Exactly. You know. So in that particular sense, when you look at our history back in the days, there was that few Negroes that didn't make the majority, right? Yeah. And even in the numbers, you're probably saying, well, ah, there's more probably Negroes in, 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 in poverty or are still trying to get ahead because I mean, we only make, what, 13% of, uh, of, of America. But in the reality is what is perceived and what is being promoted to us that there was a lot more Negroes having good living. And in reality, there's a lot more millionaires than we've ever had in black America, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and there's a lot more access that we've been given. So instead of having 300 folks feeling oppressed, that is going to say, well, 40 who's are feeling good about the system and the why are we yeah. trying to change anything? They have to sit there and come with an or it doesn't even matter where they want to stand because there's more people being oppressed by the system that's going to speak out where now it's totally reversed. We have a, a, a majority saying everything is good where a minority is basically saying no it's not and to that protect point why you have all these high price cool negroes getting paid top dollars is because though you have integrity and morals they look at it this that guy is paying my bills that guy has given me a living that I probably wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have this skill or this this mindset or this 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 um, charisma, this talent, whatever. So how am I going to betray the person, even though that person is not morally correct, 
doesn't stand with integrity, he's still paying my bills. He's still giving me a check. And I think that's the difference where we are now. Negroes going into the story that you're about to go into. Negroes from old to young, they only look at one thing, and that's the money. Okay. So for so for that, a lot of that I we we completely in step. I think that there's a lot a large percentage of people who as long as the check clears, what he does is his business and I mind my business. You know, I'm here for for your example, I'm getting paid two million dollars to be the butler. I'm not being paid to be a security guard or police officer or this man's judge and jury for his late night activities, even if it's with a little girl. We have a lot of those who it's just money over everything. That is, you know, so as long as the, the money's flowing and the check clears, that's all we need to know. Uh, so for that percentage, I think that it just doesn't, it wouldn't matter what was going on. It wouldn't matter if it was little girls being smuggled in. It wouldn't matter if it's selling drugs to the community. It wouldn't matter if it's whatever. Like it just wouldn't make a difference. As long as their check clears, they're fine. Yeah, There's, because 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 I think, not to cut you off, but I just think. What is promoted to us? Well, that mentality. But so take that percentage, the ones who's like, well, as long as the check clears, I don't care. Then you have another percentage who have who are not doing as well as, as the two million dollar butler, but are doing better than the people who are struggling. And so they see themselves in a different position. So it, they may not even be like, OK, well, I'm overlooking this. I'm just putting my head down. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere. We have a bunch of people. There's not a uniform idea of behavior. There's not a uniform code or set of rules that supersedes money. Code? You know what I'm saying? There's Nichols, not. A, Nichols got a code? Used to. Used to. No, no, that's real. It used to be. There used to be ways that, that, that you operated and maneuvered that had nothing to do with your tax bracket. You know, how you conducted yourself in the streets, how you conducted yourself with other men, how you conducted yourself with women, what was allotted when it came to children. Like there were there was some codes that that was just universal. Everything goes to the Negro of today. <laughs> well, so Which is why this is why I was saying that connected to the to the story that's going into. So uh, the, the the story that comes out of, out of Chicago, which is a. A heartbreaking story about it, about it, about a young sister out there. And if you have heartbreaking, but so similar in so many different states now. Yes, but so so some of the details is what is what I was alluding to. So a uh, young, a nineteen-year-old out of, out of Chicago, uh, Kanika Jenkins, uh, aka Kanika Martin. Her mama's last name is Martin, and that's the name that some people knew her by. And so, an issue to where her body was found in a Chicago hotel freezer. So September 9th, around 1130 at night, she left with some friends for a little kickback. One of the, for quote unquote homies, has a job at a hotel that's in that nearby area. And they were just going to get a room and have a party in the room. Mm. Uh, They're of age, over 18. So it's not like it's, this is, you know, kids sneaking out, but they're under 21. Mm -hmm. And so there was some drinking involved. So while they're in this room, one of the girls is Facebook live and, 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 you know, getting her social media stuff on talking about kind of what's going on so it during the course of this night there's a couple of varying stories but some of the facts that that have come out is that somewhere around uh 11 uh, somewhere around 1 30 in the morning this girl kanika talked to her sister and so kind of letting her sister know what was up and that she was okay and, and that things were all right so around 4 30 that morning the friends with kanika called kanika's mother and said we can't find her 
She we we don't know where she went. Uh, we don't know where she's at. So the mother calls the hospital. She calls the hotel where they're at and asks to see the surveillance tape from the hotel. Because she's like, look, she was just here. My my other, you know, her sister just talked to her a couple hours ago. She was just here. Uh, the hotel gave her the runaround, redirected her to the police, and the police kind of just told her to sit down somewhere and we'll handle it. So allegedly, about another two, three times, the mom is, is jamming the hotel up about show just just show the tape like you know what room she was in like it, it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out where she ended up so then uh ultimately they find kanika 19 year old in the free in a walk-in freezer in, in the hotel room now the police story is is that she got drunk and stumbled through the lobby to the freezer section uh fell in or, or walked into the freezer fell asleep and she died in her sleep in this freezer walking. Now, there's a bunch of other stories coming out of peers of these girls that were involved. And so one of the stories going on allegedly now is, is that this was a setup, that the girls that she was in the room with weren't really her friends and that they would set her up over two hundred dollars and that uh, there was some dudes in the room they were saying over the Facebook live message that every time Kanika tried to speak or say something that sounded muffled you hear the music turn up kind of to drown out her voice uh, as one of these girls was giving her her Facebook live her getting her Jamil Hill on get, you know sitting there kind of commentating about the issue and why I say that these things go together is because uh, folks know something and if it wasn't the setup that uh, some of these peers of these girls are alluding to, like if that just wasn't the case, uh, one of the girls in the room, like I said, works at the hotel. Mm -hmm. Somebody knows who, something that happened to this girl. They're, they're going over, they're trying to find footage now. They said that there's some stories about one set of footage that they found that there's a time lapse mm -hmm. where you could tell that the security footage had been edited. One of the girls working at the hotel, that wouldn't be so far-fetched that it happened. More information is going to come out of this over the week. But how we've gotten to such a, a point in, in our culture is that this is a room that had multiple male and female, that this had, you know, these girls, peers and folks going on. We've got to the point to where we don't do we say something about anything? Do we give passes to everything? Do we sit there? You know what I'm saying? Like when it comes to to horrific incidences that happen, well, we're not talking about high profile ball players. We're not talking about, you know, 90 million dollar man and all that sort of stuff just on the day-to-day -day level when we know the woman in the next apartment's getting beat when we know little little tommy's coming home to to uncle otis who you know come sit next to me you know we know you know they slanging rocks out the house we like these are things that it's not maybe it's not do we are we are so detached from us as a people are we so detached from us culturally that we just let everything go um having you know a daughter and then having other you know daughters that i was gracefully given um just by the work that i've done that have become you know my children that i've i've definitely you know i take care of them as they're my own i i i hear i hear this story and i just some part of me is so frustrated but then another part of me is just like this is this is where we're at now. We are really at some of the lowest uh, um, parts of a culture 
of how we deal with each other. And maybe this isn't anything new. Maybe this is a surprise because of the social media impact that we're just now coming to find out a lot of these stories. Because I just don't see where some of these stories that we've been hearing, I mean, throughout the, the last few years, you always like, ah, oh, the black people didn't do that. Yeah. Then to come to find out, like, yeah, they do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Right. And the need for our young people, especially to feel validated or the need for our young people just to feel as if they're important, the need for our young people to get money creates these kind of acts to where before you, you, you would hear these things and it would be stories that would shock you because they were so rare to now these stories are like, wow, that happened over here because it happened over here. It becomes stories that are becoming so normalized that you get so desensitized by these things because yeah. you've heard them so many different times. So one thing when I heard about this story, I said, where the fuck are the parents at, man? And not the parents of this young girl, but the parents of these young men. Like, who are raising our young men, first of all? Yeah. Like, let, let's, let's get to that part. Then it's like, what are we training our young girls to be? What is going on in the black household? Whatever household or families that we have, what's actually happening there? Have we got to the point to where we feel that our kids read a certain, reach a certain age, we don't tell them nothing because they don't mind nothing, and we just expect a little phone to kind of do all the work? Or do we expect them to get all of life skills, all of life information from a school or somebody else? What is really moving and who is really um, in control of our youth today? That's the well, question I bring up. Well, I think part of that is, is that we have a generation of parenting that once you're 15 year old. You call this parenting? Well, no, no. It, it, to a form, maybe not effective or, <laughs> or, or uh, good parenting, but it, once the kids are getting. They may be mouthy at 10, but you can still physically assert dominance over them. I don't no, know. No, no, but, but I'm I saying, don't understand no mouthy kid at 10. No, 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 but, but I'm, I'm saying, so, I get it. So, so following that, if, if the kid is 9, 10, 11, talking back, talking slick, cursing at you, throwing tantrums, whatever, you can still, worst case scenario, smack the shit out of them. Like that, that it, this, is what, this is that line of parenting when you're on that level. You, once your kid starts getting 14, 15, 16, in most cases, you pretty eye to eye. And so even though if you're if your child is 16 and you're 36 and you've got to work or you've got things going on at some point there and I hear these stories from some of them, the parents shift into not I've got two years to right these wrongs. In two years to straighten this kid out before life introduces them what it's really about, they see is I got two years to be done with them. So, <laughs> so the gears shift from let me double down and get all this knowledge. Let's get all this course correcting. Let's get this information. Let's get new influences. Let's get them in a new environment. Let's do whatever I got to do to straighten them out because I got two years left. It turns into I'm just going to tolerate them for two years. Mm. And then and when they turn 18, they're no longer my problem. Mm. 
And then the world's going to show them what it is. Mm. You didn't want to listen to me. You don't want to follow my rules. All right, go out there and see what it's really like. Mm. And these kids go out there with no guidance over the last couple of years. They just physically got it was live there. That's physically where their clothes was at. So they get out into the world and these are the type of, of loose behaviors. But what I say is like, where are if you got a group of six and even if you the six that's like really out there doing dirt, one in that six has still got a bit of a conscience. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like 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 what I said to Max Strong, who the Max Strong? Who the dude that's willing to stand up? Who the woman in the group that's ready to stand up? Because we've gotten ourselves I got a a video was tagged to me with somebody it was a world star video and it was two women were fighting. Mm -hmm. And there was a young brother who was like coming in there trying to say, "Nah, y'all don't have to do this." Like, it's not that serious. And both these women were bigger than him. He wasn't a real, you know, he, he wasn't a real big dude. But he was like, seeing two black women fighting was doing something to him. Mm. And he kept trying to break it up to where one of the guys that was over there filming yells at the dude and is like, mind your business. And, and, and then turns on the kid who kept trying to break it up and starts swinging on him. Mm. And then the guy who's trying to break it up ultimately starts to run away because they're, they're just jumping on him. And then he starts getting chased down the street by two, three other dudes. Like what culture have we created that the idea of doing the right thing, the idea of like that dude who was trying to come in and do right because maybe his mama raised him right, his daddy raised him right, was so outnumbered in that environment because that mentality was so foreign. Like, what do we do? What is even just saying? What actions can we take? What stuff do we have to start doing to start curbing some of this stuff? Because this is a problem. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's way beyond, way past the problem. But the funny thing about it is you talk about that story. I'm thinking about what happened to me recently in the summertime um, where, well, earlier in the summertime, where I had that about the same thing, but before it got that to that point, I just said, you know what? Y'all want to go ahead and go crazy? And it was the daughters, the mothers, and everybody watching, and everybody recording, and yeah. everybody cheering on the chaos. Yeah, It's gotten to the point where there's so much mental sickness. There's not enough foundation building. There's not create. There's this. There's not a, a, a degree of correctness happening in behavior in the household. That first of all, you can't tell nobody nothing. Yeah. Everybody's turned up. They off them drugs, and they really believe the imagery they hear, they see on the daily is really their life. They honestly believe. Before I, I looked at it, that I think. One of the strongest elements of probably where we were very turned <laughs> back in my, our day, right? You know what I mean? So we were about the same age. So we were at levels. We were kind of the originators of a lot of this bullshit. But I think one of the things that probably really saved us is we had imagination, yeah. right? That when I listened to NWA, they didn't have about 25 different videos for 25 different songs. They were lucky to get maybe two videos yeah. off an album, right? <laughs> You have me listening to the lyrics and me imagining, right? I'm, I, the, the image is like, wow, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to create this in my head. Now, these cats got about 25 videos 
for 30 songs, right? Yeah. And they ain't leaving no imagination. You don't need to have no imagination. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how to roll this blunt. Okay. I'm going to show you what this syrup look like. I'm going to show you what this lean look like. I'm going to show you what these baddies look like. I'm going to show you what these guns look like. I'm going to show you they this. They got YouTube tutorials on how to make drugs. They. I am going to <laughs> give you a one-on-one tutorial about yeah. this life where before some of this stuff, if you wasn't involved or in tuned, you're still kind of like, whoa, you, you sitting back imagining and now they're playing it out to the point where they're like, yo, I'm going to be exactly like this. And I think because of that, I, 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 I tend to say I understand the poison of white supremacy for all of what we are living now. But then I also think about accountability. Back in the day, I looked at what I did to where I am right now, and I know I really screwed up on some of the things that I lived in my life. But now I think that no one is going to even have that opportunity to change because some of these individuals are making at 12, at 18, life-altering decisions that will probably never... Those young people in Chicago, all of them, are going to be an accessory to something. Even Everyone's if, getting even if it's not legal re- repercussions, there's going to be some psychological, some yes. because there's even rumors about there may be sexual assault that happened in that room with all those people in it. So I mean, so going to what you're saying, because I think it was a very good point. When we were younger and you had the the NWAs coming out and you had people who were talking about glorifying gang culture or street violence or whatever, it was still of the era. Where the dudes who were really doing it weren't doing it for show, so it, it do my dirt all by my lonely was a was a real campaign. Like you weren't out there trying to be on front street, and the dudes who was really really doing stuff, they didn't want their picture taken. They weren't out there posing with everybody. You didn't know who they were, you didn't know who they were unless you was you didn't know ish unless you was doing ish. And, and so, and reality was as much as NWA is famed for bringing in a lot of that gangster music those guys weren't really gangsters except probably one which is what my point is yeah easy was the only one really doing it and and that's why they forced him to the forefront he wasn't even trying to be in music but why i say that with that example is is that now it's the reverse well now you've got so you had the generation that came out glorifying it but the guys who were really doing it were still there yeah so now you shift into two generations of glorification so now you've got uh, CB4s are now three generations deep. So now all these dudes out there who are acting like they're doing it, per- portraying that they're doing this and doing that, and blending with the image that they're trying to create with how they really live, now there's no base point of because the dudes were really do, really street dudes. When when kids started being flashy and drawing too much attention, they pulled them aside. Mm-hmm. Hey man, knock all that off. This ain't the movies. This ain't the, this ain't the music video. I ain't about to get pop because you decide you want to be popular. So now you're a couple of generations in, and that stability, that that voice, that 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 direction is gone. Yeah. So now you've got 20 year olds who are leading 12 year olds. Yeah. Ain't nobody got a daddy. Yeah. And, and the 20 the 20 year old looks up to the 24 year old, and he's now schooling the 13 year olds, and they're the ones who are out there running the streets. Mm. So I'm saying so when we look at, you know, making these changes, making these because it's not just about identifying the problem, but it is to a degree we've got to say, 
what is it we need to do? You know, because being complicit with stuff is where we're at. And, and I get it. It's not just us. They had the issue in Seattle where the mayor just had to resign because he just had his fifth accusation of, of sexual misconduct uh, with minors. And this one happened to be with his cousin. Because people who've been in that office been looking the other way for 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 who knows how long. And because it's a family member, it got out. So he ultimately had to resign. Being complicit to stuff has become common. The no snitching campaign. Well, well, the, yeah, 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 no, go, go, go. So where we're at as a culture is, is that, like you said, we can't tell nobody nothing. It's disturbing we, because I, I try to figure out. Are these kids even thinking? Are these individuals even thinking? They're reacting. The emotional, um, the emotional, the sensitivity that a lot of our young people are are growing to be, and even some adults as well, uh, because a lot of the adults, unfortunately, they are going on forty-five and they're they're stuck on twenty-one. No one's thinking. Like no one's really having a rational thought, saying, "Hmm." This girl is on Facebook Live, and we have this girl screaming in the background, and I have all these people that know me, and I'm going to assault her, or I'm going to do whatever, and I honestly think I'm going to get away. They identified one of the dudes because the girl had those old, old Brett the Hitman heart glasses, sunglasses, used to wear those real reflective ones. She was wearing those in her Facebook Live, and in the reflection of her glasses, you could see a dude in the room. They, I, the, the, the junior detectives of her peers, the, the, the social media little warriors that knew these girls, put two and two together because they matched the image of the dude's coat, found a Facebook page or an Instagram page of him wearing the same coat with the same friends, tied them to the girls that was in the room, and they put together a full investigation and started posting all these people in the room just based off of her Facebook video. So how long do you think, how long do you think you are not going to get that knock or that call, right? Oh, everybody think they slick it in the system. I mean, yes. the <laughs> system, a prison full of folks who think they slick it in the system. The system is designed for bullshit like this. They yeah. take they've taken down harder criminals. They've taken down harder cases. And the fact that social media has been such the greatest tool that law enforcement has ever had yes. since the day of the There's snitch. A huge department dedicated just solely for, for social media. Do you honestly believe that anything is hidden? So when we look at especially how we treat ourselves as as black folk when we're talking about um black empowerment when we're talking about dealing with white supremacy when we're talking about supporting and us moving and building and not having coonish behavior that is some coonish behavior and the fact that we are not pushing for stronger campaigns to talk about not only domestic violence rape in our community and how we deal and talk with our young men and women about situations like this. Yeah. Until we start getting serious about really being very intentional about conversations and intentional about working out these issues with bad parenting. Because all this shit is, is like, if you had 
two working parents or one working parent that is just really doing their thing and you just got you just was a, a bad apple that fell off the tree. Yeah. I get it. But most times, dog, nine times out of ten, that shit's you go directly to the root, you look at the the, the, the culture, the foundation of that family, you find out and exist to the problem. Yeah, I looked at when I grew up, uh, my parents split when I was in middle school. And when it was at, for a stint, it was me and my mom. And I I had a lot of free time. So by the time I ultimately, by the time I was a senior in high school, I had two jobs while I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And because at that point, I cared about getting a car and I cared about having my own money. Mm-hmm. So but me and my mom were roommates my senior year in high school. We were ships in the night. Like, pass it. If I was on some other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Or if I didn't have the, the foundation that I did, I could have very easily been out there doing stuff that wouldn't have gotten back to her until the cops were bringing me home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Until it was like on that level of real. I could have just been out running the streets doing this, that, and the third, and it wouldn't have got back to her until it just got really real. Yeah. So I do believe that there are a certain degree of parents who, you know, they, they are involved, but because sometimes life doesn't doesn't allow for them to be that way, be, be as involved. But what I'm looking at is also that we have to start saying something to because like with this situation here with the young sister in Chicago, what I don't want to see is when all this clears out, the only repercussions or the only person held to the fire are the staff of the hotel. No, I don't want to see that that civil suit because I'm sure that's coming. The mother's going to say, had you listened to me when I called you, when I said when I, I contacted y'all at four thirty five in the morning. She had talked to her sister at 1.30. Had you listened to me then and checked the surveillance tapes, maybe we could have found her sooner. So I want to hold the hotel accountable. And that's the only group that we come after because there's going to be some money involved and somebody got to pay. Yeah. But there's no community involved. Everybody in that room should be. It should look like when they was looking for Frankenstein's monster with a bunch of torches and pitchforks going through the town looking to get him. That should be that degree of energy going for everybody who was involved in that situation. If that's your next door neighbor, if that's the girl you went to school with, if one of the dudes and there's a the guy that lives down the street, he should not be on George Zimmerman comfort level to sit there and go back to the crib and chill because there's no social backlash because we don't care like that. And George Zimmerman is definitely on. Well, um, oh, that's a comfort level. level. That's a comfort right. standard. And, and and that again. That's a sleepy. That's a uh, temper posturpedic comfort level. That again. <laughs> George Zimmerman rating. Before we can even try and attempt to rid ourselves of the plague of white supremacy, niggas have to do a lot of home cleaning, dog. Like yeah. honestly. Uncle Reggie got to leave the house. We we have for too long been too quiet about these things and that's why now these things are playing out we cannot continue to say ah hey let them talk about lean and getting high and toting guns and um sexually assaulting girls because that's what some of these rap artists talk about they talk about uh, uh you know doing these things to young women i mean I don't listen to all these songs, but I listen to my young boys when they're around me. And I'll be like, what are you? What is that about? Like, that stuff ain't cool. Yeah. But when you have nobody checking the pulse of what's going on in a community and being OK with it and just kind of waiting and hoping that these kids are going to age out of it, it creates this kind of energy. Yeah. And think, this think un- it is cute when yes. your nine year olds twerking and, dog thinking it's cute. 
when when your six year old son is cursing somebody Dog. out, thinking it's cute when you can blow smoke in your five year old's face and Dog. he's coughing and choking, thinking it's cute when you give uh, your ten year old a sip of something and watching him stumble around the room. A queen told me that she had her daughter was hanging out with um, her sister's uh, child and something happened to where her daughter got punched in the nose or something like that and instead of her sister really just um, which is the auntie of the girl getting on the child for doing it she basically said don't do that because your cousin ain't about that life this is what we're dealing with we're dealing with a culture that really believes that this imagery this hardcore this lifestyle like we are almost more excited about struggle than we are about success. Yeah. We are more excited about, oh man, I'm hood living instead of good living. We uh-huh. have ex- been entertaining the fuckery for so long that it's become normalized in our mindset that we believe, yo, hoes <laughs> are better than actual women queens. Like, we're, 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 I'll choose the hoe instead of choosing the queen. Every day of the week. Uh, the queen Every day of week who has week. a good job, who doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and no disrespect on the women and I, and not trying to I know to we ain't going down that road, but, carry, but, but I mean, it's just that. You would rather take the thugged out Negro who's not doing nothing, who's jacking, jacking the box, instead of dealing with the brother that has a good job. Oh, he's corny. And, oh, he's corny. He's a cornball. He's square bear. So what he, he are L7 we? seven to, to to the max. What are we putting out there that now is coming back to haunt us? And and to me, it's like I'm at a certain level where you know p- people were upset. I said I don't go to the clubs. You know why? Because I don't need to be in the same club my daughter's in. Yeah. That's it. My daughter goes to the club. She's 21 now. And when she heard this story, she looked at me. She's our dad. I already know what would happen if you this happened to me. I said you wouldn't even have to worry about none of this shit because. She was saying, damn, even at 19, I didn't go to hotel parties. And I said, well, you know, you had a hotel for the prom and that's what they do. But I'm just imagining how we are trying to entrust our kids to be with their friends and so much crazy shit happens. And I remember getting hotels all the time when I was a young bull, you know what I'm saying? So I I get it. I I get it. But I never thought about, oh, yeah. I'm going to end up putting somebody in a fucking freezer, man. This shit is crazy. Like I, I, I'm so blown away by some of these stories to the point where I just have to ask, and I'm gonna say it again: Where the fuck are the parents? We have gotten ourselves in a position to where, yeah, we've gotten ourselves in a position that it, it, it's it's disheartening uh-huh. sometimes, and and it's a little frustrating, and that. When we look at the things that are going on in society, we have to remove ourselves from that's them over there. That that's that's them. That's that's the, that's that's their business. And, and mind your business and, and and all that stuff because turning the other, t- turn a blind eye, and, and being complicit with what's happening is part of our problem. When you're in that apartment and, and you can hear old girls screaming through the wall, and you just turn up your TV and act like you don't hear it. When you see, you know, little homie coming out the steps with the split lip and the black eye and, and you just, you know, get my ice cream cone and keep it pushing. When when you see, you know, 
13-year-old girl getting ready to jump in a car with four 25-year-olds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we just make a comment and judge her yeah. and then go right back inside and go back to our lives. That lack of a, it's a, it takes a village mentality is why we got all these solo individuals. And these are solo problems mm-hmm. because when you've got a village and you've got a support structure, you've got folks looking out. Mm-hmm. You know, the old days where there'd be a couple of moms sitting on the porch watching all the kids. And if anybody who looked like they didn't belong over there, hey, 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 who that? Who are you? What are you doing here? Now it's mind your business. You know, when, when stuff's going on, we have to get ourselves past that point of, you know, I, it, if it don't concern me, it don't concern me because mm-hmm. it concerns all of us. Yeah. And the criminal that you let slide past you today may be the criminal that you have to deal with tomorrow. And that's why I'm on these streets trying to make a change every single day. I don't want it to be my daughter. I don't want it to be any of the kids that I work with. I don't want it to be me. You know, I want to be able to give opportunities to to help young men and women all over the place and even adults. But we have to start taking some accountability um, for what's going on in our own households, in our community, and definitely understanding we know what kind of created a lot of this, this energy. But after a while, if we continue to understand we have a problem and we're not getting anything to help deal with that problem, the problem now becomes us. Yes. And so these are the things that we need to acknowledge. We need to work on. We need to fix. We need to really dedicate our efforts and our energies. And we definitely need to say something about. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axius. Where can folks find you online, sir? Barry Axius, Facebook, Barry Axius, Twitter. And um, at Instagram, Team Boy, BlackBlueprints.com. What is he? I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, at J. Morris, CEO, every other social media platform. You've been checking out the Say Something podcast on SoundCloud. We are now currently on Apple iTunes. Dun, 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 dun. So we're not on SoundCloud no more? We're still on SoundCloud. We're so, branching out. But we're branching out. We're branching so out. we almost big time. Yeah, we, we But I can't, I can't, I have to have an iTunes. Well, if you if you don't have an iPhone, if you have an Android, you can get it on SoundCloud. Okay, but but if you got an iPhone, you can get it in the Apple Store. But you know, iTunes is big time. So I'm saying, so if you if you find it on SoundCloud or iTunes, make sure that you know you and it's still like it run, you it's, can. it's still going to run the same kind of numbers, or it's going to be different numbers now. Uh, they're separate numbers. Okay. So what you do is like it, rate it, subscribe yeah. to it. Tell a friend. Subscribe, mother effer. Yep, subscribe, all that sort of stuff. We appreciate it. <laughs> we got an email too now we got an email now too and we on twitter for for specifically for the podcast yeah, so twitter, man. if you got questions or things that you like discussed talked about some light shed on say something podcast at gmail.com send in your info as well as uh at we say something on twitter we we, we branching out yeah well, we're gonna get that facebook popping off all that I stuff and coming to youtube all that stuff. Shirts coming soon, too. Let's Everything. Do it. I'm yes, Jermaine sir. Morris here with Barry Axis. This has been the Say Something Podcast. Yes, sir. And until next show, we will holler at you later.